Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. We are wrapping up our series today. You guys enjoyed the month of January so far. We've been in a series called Faithful, and uh, I, was, I was praying last year about really where God wanted um, to take our church this year and just kind of a, uh, a word to really solidify and, and, and get some direction for this year, and God gave me the word uh, faithful. And so as I was praying about that word and researching and, and studying, I went to uh, Matthew chapter 25, and what we found there is there's this parable, this, uh, this story that Jesus tells about um, there's four people involved. There's a, there's a man who's going off on a long journey, and he has three people that he asks to take care of his money for him. And uh, one guy, he gives him five talents, and one guy, he gives him two talents, and the third guy, he gives him uh, one talent. And he says, take care of these until I come back and get them. And so the guy that had five talents, he went off, he traded, and he doubled it. Um, so when the man returned, he had 10 talents waiting for him. Um, the man that went off and he had two and he came back and that man with two doubled it. So he had four to give him. But the man with the one went and buried his in the ground. And uh, when the man came back, he only had that one. And so uh, the, ma- the master said to these servants in Matthew chapter 25, verse 23, he said, his master said to the, the one with the five, that had the five talents and the two talents, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. But to the one that went and buried his talent out of fear um, or, or, or trying to you know, just maintain, the master didn't call him faithful. In fact, he called him lazy. He called him slothful. He called him wicked. And through this parable, if you guys want to have a deeper uh, explanation of that, that story, I'd, um, I'd encourage you guys to go on the website and listen to the very first message of this series. And while you're there, might as well listen to the rest of them. But we pulled this big idea uh, for our series that faithful people don't maintain, faithful people multiply. Faithful people don't maintain, they multiply. And the the title of today's message is The Treasure in Today. The Treasure in Today. So from a very from a very early age in life, we're we're taught to set goals. We're taught to 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 dream and to set goals. And I know all of you have kind of set some kind of goal before. Goals are a good thing. They they keep you focused on life, they keep you directed at where you're headed. But there's no bigger goal setting day than January 1st, right? The very beginning of the year, January 1st, New Year's resolutions. You know, some studies show that almost half of Americans, I think it was like 45% of Americans, set a New Year's resolution this year and the previous two years. So almost half of all Americans have set a New Year's resolution. And, and really, this is, this is more of a big American practice because you check out you know, other countries, and they're like at 11% or 12%. Other countries are much lower in their New Year's resolution 
setting. So, so every year we set these big lofty goals for the beginning of the year. And here's some of the most uh, popular ones this year according to Forbes. Uh, the, the top goal, was, top New Year's resolution was uh, improved mental health, uh, mostly among the Gen Z, uh, Gen Z um, community there. And, and uh, I, you wouldn't call that a community. I don't know what word it would be. But anyway, y'all bear with me. I feel like I only have a second grade education. Uh, but uh, next one is improved, uh, improved fitness. Uh, anybody uh, already gone and uh, sowed your money to the gym and now you're locked into a 12-month commitment and you can't get out, but you haven't been in five days. And uh, uh, The third one is kind of like it, that people would like to lose weight. And then the fourth one, people are just saying the same thing over and over. The fourth was an improved diet. Okay, we get it. Like We need to be healthier this year. And then finally, the fifth one there is that uh, people want to improve their finances. So, you know, these are, great, these are great goals to set, but here's the problem, that the second Friday in January is known to many people as Quitter's Day because that is the day that you quit your New Year's resolution and it falls off. And so for the, if you have been a steady gym goer for the first two weeks of the year, uh, they're packed and you're, and you're annoyed. But if you just hang on to week number three, come on. On the third week, there's, a, there's the biblical... I'm just kidding. There's no message there. But on the third week, if you just hang on, people are going to fall off of their New Year's resolution. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I know of you. some of you have contributed to Quitter's Day this year. Um, I just chose not to set a New Year's resolution because I've contributed to Quitter's Day for the past few years. And uh, so anyway, <clears throat> every year we put a big focus on on what we want to be at the end of the year, right? Like by the end of the year, I want to lose 50 pounds or maybe for you it's 30 pounds. And last year I set a goal to lose uh, 20 pounds and at the end of the year, I only had 30 pounds to go, everybody. It was, it was a good time. But we're constantly focusing on what our lives might look like in the distant future. We're taught this from a young age. You guys remember this question, Probably number one question that uh, I remember being asked when I was young, when I was a kid, is what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you uh, grow up? And that's kind of a loaded question, especially for a child, right? Like there's two options. You can either be uh, a policeman or you can be a doctor. Um, and that's about it. That's all they, that they chose. But for me, I wanted to be a rock star, Okay, like I, I know, I know, I could have made it. You're like, yeah, yeah, uh, but I'm just kidding. But my brother and I, when we were in elementary school, uh, we both wanted to be rock stars. So we formed a band. Uh, we couldn't play, like we couldn't play anything worthy of being a band, but we formed a band and the band was called Haytex. Don't know where we got that name. Uh, listened to a lot of Metallica when I was growing up, so maybe that's it. I don't know. Hate and latex mix. I don't, I don't really know. I don't know where it came from. But we formed this band named Haytex, and, uh, and we, we didn't have the skill to play any instrument worthy of being in band, uh, in a band, but um, except for me, I, I could play a mean recorder. You know what I mean? You guys, some of y'all parents know about the recorder. So I was in fourth grade playing with the fifth grade recorder ensemble. I'm just saying, I wasn't like a, I wasn't like a genius or anything, but I was a genius at the recorder. And my dad loved when I practiced every single night. So kids, let me tell you, um, if you're in here, 
Your parents will love you if you take up the recorder. Take it up, make that your New Year's goal. Take up the recorder, get really good at it. If your kids are in here, it's your fault. There's a great, some of you kids in the back. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) But we formed this band and we, we actually never had a performance outside of like, the living room, okay? We had plenty of living room performances and we, we did write one song ever and I don't remember all the words, but it was only one verse. We called it a song, it was one verse and uh, it was about um, something about we didn't wanna wake up in the morning so we blew up our alarm clock with a bomb. I don't, I don't know what it was about, but that was, the, that was the song. That was about it. If you're wondering what the lyrics were, you just got about 90% of them, okay? We blew up alar- alarm clocks and... Parents, some of your kids write that song every single morning still, um, but not on Sundays, I'm sure, because they're so excited to come to uh, some of you kids, right? But needless to say, um, as I stand before you today, I am not a rock star in a band called Haytex. My life took me down a much different path, and I'm sure many of you have that same story from childhood, and many of you still are setting goals today, and you're looking years down the road, but I want to convince you this morning to think about this from a different perspective. Um, It's great to have these lofty goals one year from now, five-year plan, 10-year plan, but many times what will happen is that these goals will, will change over time because our lives have changed in such a way that we either couldn't have predicted it or we couldn't have controlled it. And so here's what I, wanna, I want you to think about this morning. Here's the, here's the big idea this morning, that faithfulness happens one day at a time. Faithfulness happens one day at a time. If you're taking notes this morning, you can write that down. You should have your notes in your chair along with that uh, nice blue um, connection card for you. And you know, I'm not against setting goals for the future uh, at all, but, but what I do think is that we should prioritize each day more than our big lofty goals for the future. I think we should prioritize each day, and I think many of us will overlook the power of, uh, of one day, the power that one day holds for our future. In fact, Jesus said something along those lines. He said Matthew, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, it says, Jesus said, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Essentially, Jesus is saying, focus on today. Tomorrow's going to have its things, but we need to put more focus on your day. And and I just thought, you know, here's a little bit of how you do that, some practical things. Let's look at it from a goal-setting perspective. Instead of saying something like, I'm going to lose 30 pounds this year, what I'd like you to do if, you know, if you take this message to heart is change your thinking to, you know what, I'm going to make healthier choices with my diet every day. Rather than just focusing on the 30 pounds, I'm just going to take every day and make healthier choices in my diet. Or I'm going to up my protein intake and decrease my carb intake every single day. And, and here's what you're going to see happen. That if, you're, if you stick to doing the small daily things, you're going to end up reaching your goal. And, and most likely you're going to surpass it in the same timeline that you have set for yourself with your other goal. Looking from uh, at this perspective, from a perspective from um, other than goal setting, uh, because this isn't really a goal setting message. There are things that, if you do them daily, 
they will change the current trajectory of your future. So some of you need to consider how you can spend some more intentional time with your families every night and actually communicate with each other in a meaningful way before you go to bed. Some of you need to read something each day that's going to stimulate your brain and even give you some new knowledge to work with. Some of you need to write down one day, every single day, one thing that you're thankful for. Some of you need to start waking up an hour earlier every single day so that you can spend time praying, you can spend time reading your Bible before you go to work because God knows with your coworkers, you need that hour in the morning with Jesus because they cray cray. Do they still say that? I don't know. They're bringing it back if they don't. But there is treasure in your today. There's treasure in it. The real power in your, of your life lies in what you do on a daily basis. It lies in what you do on a daily basis. You know, there's a story in the Bible that shows the power and the, and the benefit of daily faithfulness to God. This is found, if you're looking in your Bible, this is found in Daniel chapter 6. And it's really a well-known story for those of you that grew up maybe in Sunday school. And um, if you didn't grow up in church, you might still recognize this story because it's a pretty well-known story. But in Daniel chapter 6, this guy named Daniel, he, he was taken at a young age from uh, his people, from the Israelites, from the Jews. And he's put in service to the king in, in Persia, in Babylon. And uh, Daniel is in service to uh, a guy named King Darius. Darius is the king of Persia at the time, and, and Daniel was a Jew. And Daniel found a lot of favor in, every single, in the eyes of every single king that he served under because the Bible says that Daniel was a man of, with an excellent spirit. And Daniel found a lot of favor with his kings. And so Daniel was appointed as an administrator um, of King Darius's kingdom. Like there were three, admini- there was King Darius, then there was three administrators, and then there was 120 satraps underneath them. And the satraps kind of ruled the kingdom and the three administrators oversaw the satraps and then King Darius oversaw the three uh, administrators. And Daniel was one of these administrators. And Daniel, so he was in a real high place in the kingdom that he didn't belong to. He was in a high place there that, of a kingdom that didn't, didn't even run in his Blood. And so these satraps, they got jealous, of course, because that's what happens a lot of times when God's favor is on you, that people would get jealous about where he takes you in life. But these satraps got jealous, and he tried, they tried to find any corruption in Daniel that they could find, but they were unsuccessful because he was a man that just, he stuck to it. He stuck to it. He did all the right things all the time, daily. And these satraps, they couldn't find anything on him. And so what they did was they tricked the king into uh, making a law that for 30 days, no one could pray to anyone unless they were praying to the king. They could only pray to the king, but they couldn't pray to anybody else. And if anyone was found praying to someone other than the king, they would be thrown into a lion's den, um, which is a pretty harsh punishment. And verse 10 here, verse 10 says this, now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went up, he went home to his upstairs room where the window, uh, windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. You know, uh, that takes some boldness. 
that he hears this decree and he goes home and the first thing he does is the same thing that he does every single day. Three times a day, he swings those, that window open and he kneels down and he prays to his God and gives him thanks. And of course, the satraps found Daniel praying and immediately he, they ran to the king about it. Snitches get stitches is all I'm saying. But the king was, or in this case, at the uh, spoiler alert, they end up getting thrown in the lion's den later on. Hey, somebody. But the king was bound to his own law. So they ran to him and he was bound to his own, own law. So even as much as he loved Daniel, he still had to throw Daniel into the lion's den. Now the story ends well. God shuts the mouths of all the lions while Daniel's in there. They don't do anything to him. And, uh, and the next morning, King Darius rushes over to the lion's den to check on Daniel. And he found Daniel was still alive and well. And this is how he responds. He writes this to um, the king. King Darius responds this way. It's, it's really amazing. He writes to all of the nations, the Bible says, and people of every language on the earth. And he makes this statement starting in verse 26. He says, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he's the living God and he endures forever. His kingdoms will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Because Daniel had developed a lifestyle of, of daily praying to God, the king of the largest empire in the world at the time acknowledged God for who he was as the one true God and he made a worldwide statement, a decree on the goodness of God. But if Daniel wasn't disciplined, if he didn't have a lifestyle of daily devotion to God, none of that would have happened. None of it would have happened. So, so whether you see it or not, there is treasure in your today. There's treasure in your today. And from this story, I want to pull three main points for the remainder of our time together. The first one being this, that faithful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Faithful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Consistency is key. Consistency is key. Any successful person in the world will tell you that overnight successes were not made overnight. One time someone asked Billy Graham, how long does it take you to write your message? He said, it's taken me 40 years to write every single message that, I, that I've ever preached. Because he had a daily devotion, a daily consistency toward God. If the, if the daily consistent actions that we take, it's the daily consistent actions that we take that are going to have the greatest influence on our future. See, someone that goes to the gym for 30 minutes, even 30 minutes a day, every single day, is going to be in much better physical shape than someone who goes to the gym for two hours but only goes three times a month because consistency is key. Someone that reads their Bible for 15 minutes every single day is going to be much more spiritually grounded than the person who reads their Bible for even two hours at a time but only one day a week because consistency is key. And parents, let me speak to you for a second. You have the opportunity. 
that, that for the children in, in your household from a young age, you have the opportunity to develop this in them. And, and they need this to thrive. They need consistency to thrive. Consistency in their schedules and in your household will create for them an environment which they can grow and reach their full potential. Consistency is key for your kids. You want your kid to thrive? Watch, watch them thrive when they know what time dinner is. Watch them thrive when they know what time bedtime is. When they know and they can watch you thrive when you know what time their bedtime is. Come on, somebody. That'll be next month. We're talking love and marriage. But when they know and they can predict what's coming next in their day today, I promise you, if you do this, you're gonna see crazy growth in them. And you need the consistency too. You need consistency in your schedule. You, know, you need to know what time you're gonna go to bed. You need to know what time you're gonna wake up. The two most important parts of every single day is how you start and how you end. Now everybody focuses on how you start, but I'm telling you how you end the day is just as important because there's a cycle here. How you end each day is gonna contribute to how you start each day. And if you end each day late at 2 a.m. staying up watching uh, whatever dramas y'all are watching these days, your next morning is not going to start well. And if your next morning doesn't start well, your day, your day's not going to be, uh, it's not going to go off for you very well because you're going to be impatient, you're going to be, you've lost sleep. Consistency is key in your life too. And, su- and success hinges on consistency. Success in your life hinges on consistency. So make it a habit to get, get up every single day and start your day the right way. Start it the right way. Fix yourself a cup of coffee. Find your spot. You know whatever spot you like to choose. If you don't have one, make one. Find a spot. Open your Bible and read something. One verse, five verses, ten verses, five minutes, ten minutes. Just read something. Read something and then pray and spend time with God. And then after you're done doing that, make a to-do list and start your day. And and here's a little life hack. On your to-do lists, pick out the three most important things that you're looking at that day. Just three things. Your three most important things and focus on them and prioritize them. And if you get those three things done, that's, that's a successful day. You know, I use this thing called the full, full focus planner by Michael Hyatt and, and it kind of points you towards that. If you're looking for some resources and things like that, that will point you down the right path. It'll help you focus on those three things for your day and, uh, and the rest of your day is gonna go off so much better. I'm telling you, if you make yourself a list, live by lists. But whatever your healthy rhythm is, do it consistently. Do it consistently and watch as you grow. Well, your consistent devotion to whatever you're doing is going to pay dividends in your life. So other faithful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. The second one, number two, is daily faithfulness requires discipline. Daily faithfulness requires discipline. Now, that's a word we don't hear as much today. Honestly, our world lacks a whole lot of it. We lack a lot of discipline. By discipline, I don't mean punishment. I don't mean how you punish your kids. I mean the other type of discipline, the type that that means that I commit to doing it even when I don't feel like it, 
Even when I don't feel like it, I'm, I'm committing to doing it. You know, today in our world, too many people are letting their emotions lead them. They say, I feel this way, and so I act this way. I feel this way, and so I follow my feelings. I, I don't feel like waking up early and going to the gym, so the gym can wait till tomorrow. I don't feel like cooking, so we're just going to grab fast food on the way home again. I don't feel like reading my Bible today, or I don't feel like praying today, and so I'm just going to wait until I feel like it. I don't, here's one, I don't feel like going to that thing anymore that I committed to two months ago when I was feeling good, but I don't feel like going anymore, so I'm not going to go. I'm going to share with you a secret. Discipline comes before feelings. There are many things in your life that you have to start doing before you feel like doing them. There, nobody, nobody starts off want, feeling like they want to punish their bodies with bland food and just t- boring meals. But you've got to start it before you start feeling it. Dis- nobody, nobody wants to wake up at 6 a.m. to like, You never start off wanting to wake up early to where you can start your day right. But discipline comes before feelings. And before long, you do it long enough, now you're going to get into the rhythm and you're going to start to want to. But discipline has to come first. And when it comes to our faith, we're called to be what the Bible refers to us as disciples of Jesus. And the root word of disciple is guess what? Discipline. The root word of disciple is discipline. That means that we follow Jesus the way that he said to follow him, whether we feel like it or not. You can't lack the discipline habits that it takes to grow in your faith and still call yourself a disciple of Christ. It just can't work like that. Feelings have to be secondary in your life. They can't dictate what you do. They can't dictate how you live. Because feelings... A feelings-led life is kind of like a roller coaster. The only thing constant is that it's constantly changing, up and down and up and down. But devotion to discipline leads to a constant and consistent life. And this world needs us to step up and be consistent. In a world that's always changing and something's going off the rails, the world needs disciples of Jesus to be consistent. The Apostle Paul wrote it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. It says, Do you not know that in a race all the, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, a perishable crown, but we, an imperishable, we Christians to an imperishable crown. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, as shadow boxing. But I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Paul, the Apostle Paul is saying, I discipline my body because I knew that that is the only way that I'm going to inherit every single thing that God promised to me. The life that God promised to me can only be inherited through a lifestyle 
of discipline. And sometimes that means putting your own body under subjection. Feelings have to come secondary. And if you want all that life has to offer for you, discipline has to be a foundational principle for you. Then finally, number three. Number three, faithfulness today pays off tomorrow. Faithfulness today pays off tomorrow. And I need you to keep this in mind because here is the way we live. And here's why our New Year's resolutions always fail. All the habits we try to create throughout the year, they fail. We quit because we don't see the immediate payoff. We quit because we want to see the immediate payoff and we don't. And so we drop it on day 15. We drop it on the second Friday of January or we drop it two weeks after we started a habit because we want to see the immediate payoff, but we're not getting it. And in a world where we have so many things at our fingertips, this is not one of those things that we can have at our fingertips. When you, when you plant a seed, it takes time to grow. When you start a habit, it takes time to see the effects of it. But as long as you stick to it, the growth is going to happen. But you can't give up on it. Here's the spiritual principle. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Do not let us become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. That's a promise for you. That's a promise. That, that don't, you're, do, you're doing all the right things and you're getting tired because you're not seeing your payoff. But don't give up on it. Because at just the right time, you're going to reap a harvest. The promise is that you will, but only if you don't give up. The harvest is promised if the habit is consistent. The harvest is promised if the habit is consistent. You know, you want to grow spiritually this year? Habitually praying, habitually reading your Bible, habitually make, uh, make church a priority and not an afterthought, and watch as you grow. You want to lose weight? Habitually make better decisions for mealtime. You want to be in a better financial position? Make it a habit to never click purchase on your Amazon cart without giving it an hour after you've added it, okay? Like there's a life hack for you. Give it an hour, come back to it, see if you still like it as much as you did an hour ago. And here's what's gonna happen. As you make good decisions one day at a time, a year from now, you're going to be so glad that you made these decisions consistently because you're gonna see your payoff. And you're going to look back and say, I'm glad I did it every single day. And you can be encouraged knowing that the seeds that you sow today will be a harvest that you reap tomorrow. But the key is to keep sowing the seed. Keep on doing it. Keep on doing the next right thing. Listen, not only does your faithfulness affect you, your faithfulness has an impact on the lives of other people too. As other people see your life, and not just your, your life, but the blessing that you get to enjoy daily because of the habits that you hold to, as people see that, they're going to desire to change their lives too. Look at 
uh, King Darius. Look at King Darius. Because of, because of Daniel's consistent faith, because of how Daniel lived his life, Daniel's harvest was that King Darius acknowledged the existence of the one true God. Your harvest may be someone else's life coming to the knowledge of Jesus. Goodness. Imagine this. Imagine those people that you're praying for every single morning, finally giving their life to God. Now what if what if what they need isn't another conversation about church? What if what they need is not another conversation about God? Imagine if what they need to see is someone actually living out their faith daily, consistently. If you knew that, would you be willing to do the hard things and become consistent in your faith? If those family members that you've been praying for for years, if you knew that all it took for them to come to Jesus was you to be consistent in your walk with him, would it be worth it then? People need that. People need to see you live in your faith today and tomorrow and the next day and not just Sunday and Sunday and Sunday. Your coworkers need that. Your spouse needs that. Your kids need that. Your friends need that. The world needs you to be consistent. You're meant to make a difference in this world and it starts with a daily consistent life and a daily consistent faith. Some of us are so focused on the future that we overlook what sits in front of us today. What one small thing can you do today that is going to make a difference years from now? What one habit can you begin today that has the power to change the trajectory of your life if you keep it up? What seed can you sow today that's going to produce a harvest in your next season of life. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, have a great week.